Thank you for tuning in to Listen Up with B Rye, AK, and E to the B. Hey. So today, just to let you guys know, AK may or may not be on the show today. She has some things going on, but we're still going to give you a good show. Right, EB? Going to try our best to. <laughs> so this segment is called In Real Life, where we talk about life experiences, anything that we might have gone through or we've been through, or maybe from a perspective of a friend or a family member. Just in general, just things that happen in real life. So today we are going to discuss boundaries. And not many people may know there are five different types of boundaries. There's the physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, there's time boundaries, sexual boundaries, intellectual boundaries, and material boundaries. Um, I can relate most to the emotional boundaries material boundaries and the um physical boundaries what about you Evie? mine is just primarily sexual boundaries also time boundaries as well and material oh yeah like the time one is a big one i think people might overlook like when they tell you they're going to be somewhere or they tell you you know show up at this time and then they don't be there and it's like 30 minutes later where you're just sitting there waiting for them like, I had that happen many times where I set up, like, lunch date, and nobody shows up on time, and it's, like, two hours later, and I'm just sitting at the restaurant, like, well, I'm screwed. See, I've had that happen, like, when I plan parties, people think it's okay to show up, like, an hour or two late. And, I mean, I understand, you know, you might be running late, you might have some things that you need to do, but still be respectful about, you know, my time. Especially if you, like, set up the party yourself. That's a lot of work to do and just go for nothing for a long period of time. Well, you know, some people are inconsiderate and they don't think about that, you know, that thing. Because it does take a long time to set up a party, especially one that I'm hosting because I'm cooking and, you know, decorating everything. And it's the same with me because I have to start barbecuing like an hour beforehand. And meanwhile, if all the food is cooked and they don't show up, it's pretty much like cold by the time they show up. Right. And then everyone's like, oh, this is cold. I can't eat this. And you're looking like, well, if you would have came at five, like I told you, you know, <laughs> everything would have been nice, ready, ready to go, ready to eat. But no, they have to eat cold-ass pasta, and that's on them. <laughs> I had this one experience when, um, this is a couple years ago, I cooked a whole Thanksgiving meal, and I had someone who kept telling me that they were going to come over and everything. And I'm like, cool, because usually I don't go home to Michigan with my family for Thanksgiving. I stay out here because of my um, job. And make a long story short, I made all this food. I was texting this person like, hey, you're going to come over anything. Person is like, yeah, you know, I'll be there in like an hour. So I'm literally waiting. And when I tell you guys that I cook, I mean, I cooked uh, ham, homemade macaroni and cheese, yam, stuffing, mashed potatoes, homemade gravy. And they were trying to get me to like make other things too and i was down for it but i'm like okay i'll you know wait because it what they were asking for wouldn't it took like long to make but this person never came and left me hanging and i i really haven't talked to this person since because i felt like it was disrespectful it was there was no you know i apologize this came up or anything but there really wasn't any excuse to lead me on thinking that you know i was gonna have company for thanksgiving and you for whatever reason, didn't show up. 
Yeah, I don't understand that either because, like, you fully dedicated, like, a, almost a full day to that whole entire event yeah. for this one person. Like, did you invite anybody else? Nope. So this one person was completely dependent on you cooking everything and they just show up. Well, originally... I was cooking for myself originally, but this person said, you know, I don't have any family here and I'm being alone. So I was like, okay, well, why not? You know, invite this person over and let them, you know, enjoy Thanksgiving with me. And it just turned into a disaster because I waited a good, like, I want to say two hours before I was just like, kind of fuck it. Like, it's not happening, you know, the way that that was supposed to happen okay so this other person didn't have like any family members down here and weren't celebrating it by themselves or anything they were and then you know when we went to work they never say anything about it so i was just like all right well i see where we stand not even like give me a plate or anything or you know what i apologize something came up or you know i fell asleep nothing that's just, just straight up disrespectful Right. But we're trying to, you know, hang out and I'm looking like, you know, you crossed a line, a line where I don't I don't see us coming back from because once you kind of play with my time and, um, you know, you waste my uh, money, essentially, because I bought more, you know, trying to be considerate. Uh, it's a wrap. It's, it's, it's a done deal. Like I had to like draw a line because it's like going for how do I uh, keep a friendship with you? Yeah, it's just like, especially when you do this all for this one person, like you really didn't have to take the time out of your day just to end up cooking for somebody that's not going to show up. Well, you know, I'm sympathetic when people tell me that, you know, they don't have any family and they're from out of town because, you know, I have my sister here, but that's about it besides the friends that I've actually made over the years. Yeah, and you don't have like that massive family group or anything. You don't go over... Like, that's a long drive going to uh, Kentucky to Michigan. Right. It's just like five to six hours. But the point of the story is, like, that was a boundary that I had set. You know, don't waste my time. Don't waste my money. Because essentially, you wasted my money because I cooked all this food. And I'm not going to, like, eat it by myself. So my time was wasted. And part of my thing that I did for my boundary was I cut this person off because I'm like, that... That was too much for me. I could relate because especially if you dedicated all that time to this one person and they don't even appreciate it in one bit, it, it's pretty much over at that point. I mean, it was because I never talked to this person again. <laughs> deserved. <laughs> Honestly deserved. As some people might say I'm petty. <laughs> some people might say I'm petty. But oh, no, that's not petty at all because it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be here. And it's just like a, that meme when they say, I'm going to wait for the kids to stop talking. And that third person turns into a skeleton. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much just like that, but on a lot larger scale. Because you're expecting like, okay, this is another fully grown adult. They shouldn't be able to make it, you know, time. Right. But, I mean, you got to set those boundaries. Because she, <laughs> she wasn't concerned about my time. And it's like, why, you know, like okay. what, Like, what will prevent this again? Right, right. We're not going to have a repeat. No. Huh, so you got any stories you want to share? Primarily, it's just just physical boundaries. Like when me and you went to New York, we noticed all of our personal and you know, physical boundaries were not being met. But it's mainly due to like foreign people. Oh, yeah, because you know I was going to be on one when we were there. Like I didn't understand why people couldn't, you know, see in our facial expressions and our body expressions that we were physically uncomfortable when we were at the um, pizzeria 
And that French guy came up and he was just all over me trying to get the attention of the uh, cashier. And I'm looking at him like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but you need to back up. I really hate when people don't get that social cue, like the getaway. Like, not everybody is comfortable with you being up in their face or hovering around their um, body. I, I definitely had a couple of incidents where my um, physical boundaries were violated. Like, I was in a club one time. I went for Halloween, and as people might know, if you listen to our podcast, I have anxiety. So doing things by myself, like going to a club, is a big deal for me. But I really want to go out for Halloween. So I went out, I was dressed as a vampire. It's a really cute costume. Make a long story short, this guy approaches me and he's asking me, am I here alone? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I just wanted to get out, enjoy the uh, club scene for Halloween, because it was on a Friday. And back home, uh, there's a club called Necto, and Friday is a uh, gay night. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm here alone, whatever. He said, do you have a man? I was in a long distance relationship. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I have a boyfriend, whatever. And he was like, well, why isn't he here? Mm, like, it's long distance. He probably so, thought you were like, you know, just giving him a cold shoulder for some no reason. But then again, that's, that's just another way of saying, get the hell up. I mean, yeah, take that social cue and, and leave me alone because I'm just trying to buy my drink. But see, it, it, it progressed because I turn around. I'm like, OK, I'm, you know, buying my drink. I'm on my phone. And then I feel someone groping my ass. <laughs> oh, that would have been hands thrown that day. Oh, like it was a big scene because I like freaked out. And I'm like, you know, don't touch me. And everyone around me is looking at me like I'm crazy and like I'm in the wrong because I'm on like 20. But I'm like, this dude who I don't know, respectful to, came in my uh, personal space and started groping me. And that that's not okay to touch anybody. I don't care if we're in a club setting. If I'm not dancing on that floor and I'm not talking to you and conversating to you and inviting you to touch me, don't touch me. I, I will never understand why people think it's okay just to go up and like grope somebody. I don't care what they're wearing. Like it's not okay. Uh, what I don't understand is like, why didn't they make it a bigger deal? Because I'm pretty certain if it's like a normal woman out there or any type of woman or female, that shit would have got attention and there would have been a fight. There would have been like a riot in that club or something like that because like for some reason they take that as a women's thing. Not like in being groped and all that and that's pretty much illegal. But when that when it happens to another male, it's just like, oh, whatever, you're overreacting. Well, that's because we don't have boundaries apparently when it comes to being physical and people don't take it as serious. That's why male sexual assaults never get reported because of things like this. Because I was in a group of people and they're looking at me talking, telling me to calm down. And I'm like, you tell him to stop touching me. Like clearly, you know, I was, uh You were clearly not into that. Because if you were into that, you would have kept on going. But since you were not into that, you addressed the problem. I did. And clearly, I, I said what the problem was, but people didn't take it serious. I'm like, he's touching me. So clearly, he's crossing a boundary. I don't want to physically be touched, and I don't want him groping on my ass. But here we are. He, his hands are, like, seriously, like, groping. He's cuffing my ass at this point. And I'm like... He has, uh, a, like, a full handful. Yeah. Yeah. 
basically and i'm being told to calm down and you know you're overreacting don't get kicked out the club why am i gonna get kicked out of the club for someone violating my personal space i mean i'm i'm surprised your hands didn't turn rated e for everyone at that point <laughs> i wanted to but you know the situation i was really in was i'm in this mostly like white club basically and it would look a it would look away you know here's this black guy sitting here starting trouble sitting there like fighting people and that's where you know that's where the chips would fall and somehow some way some chase some form is going to be my fault so i had you know i had to think like is it worth it because i mean i did threaten them i you know you I told, yeah i told him i said you can get your ass with all over this club and he's like oh i'll beat your ass i'm like you're touching me and i rejected you and i got a boyfriend at the time i i had one and you just couldn't respect my boundaries and be like, okay, well, thank you. You're attractive. I mean, because I've had guys when I've been in relationships tell me, you know, you're attractive. I like you, whatever. But they keep it in that respectful where it's not invasive. And it's not like... There, there's nothing wrong with saying, like, if a random dude went up to you in a club and just said, hey, I really like the way you look. You're really attractive. And I find you to be a really appealing person. That's different. But if you're just over there trying to grab and take, oh, that's a whole entire another situation. Right. I mean, because you could just slide your number on the low. Hey, if homeboy act up or if it doesn't work out, like, here's my number. That, it, you know, that's appropriate in my book. I know some people are not going to agree, but that's appropriate. But to, like, physically touch somebody and, like, grope them, no, that's 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 not good. Don't, don't fill people up just because we're in the club. Like, I don't mind. If I'm dancing with you and we're, you know, twerking or we're, you know... Physically touching? Yeah. That, no, okay, because I'm inviting you into my uh, personal space. But don't just think because I'm wearing some tight-ass pants and my ass might be showing out or whatever the case is it's okay because it's not a free-for-all because you will catch these hands now <laughs> <laughs> that also just reminds me of it was the time when me and you went to a gay club mm-hmm. here in louisville and this one gay guy he was just all over me for no reason after like we told him like 50 times i am straight <laughs> like it, it wouldn't stop he was having those like hands on my leg just like have you ever had sexual relations with another man oh my god and i was just sitting there it's just like I am very flattered, but at the same time, I really don't like these advances. Right, right. And to my LGBT brothers, uh, please be respectful when straight guys are coming into like a gay club or anywhere we are. Like, be respectful of their space and their boundaries. Like, E to the B was really cool about that situation. You know, I know some other people might have popped that person in the mouth for coming at them that way. But he was really respectful of that whole situation. And I'm, I just took it. Left, I know? just took it. He probably had, like, a few drinks in him. And he was having a bad night with whatever, whoever he was with. And he was just trying to find whoever. I think so. But, you know, they, they like you up there. <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time I've been hit on. Hell, I'll, I'll take I'll take anybody calling me handsome or cute or whatever or calling me daddy. I'll take it. Oh, God. Oh, I will take that in a heartbeat. I usually don't get that attention. I remember uh, texting my girlfriend that night because I had one. And I was just like, bitch, I got options. <laughs> you were silly. But I, I think when straight guys do come into our um, spaces, we need to be as respectful to them as we want them to be respectful to us when we're in, you know, in a straight setting and not be disrespected. Because let me tell you, once again, I go to a club and this I was friends with a girl and we go to a club out in Detroit and 
you know, security is supposed to just like slightly search you or whatever. And I'm cool with that, you know, I understand. They're searching for weapons and all that. Boy, they like the security guard literally like took a handful of my ass, shook it twice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, he just wanted to make sure that it was not counterfeit. Oh my god, make sure nothing was elastic because no, he, but it keeps happening when I go to straight clubs. Like, I don't understand like what, what it is about me having to ass and the security guards because I have one like probably like in like straight clubs, nobody has an ass. There, there's girls there. With there's girls asses. there, but what what can you even put in a girl's jeans? To be honest, Jesus Christ! Like they don't have pockets. <laughs> all the, all they got is the backside, and that's about it. What what can you fit in the trunk, really? Which oh my god! Like with guys, you can have like padding. Padding, you can have like girls some drugs. have padding too. This is a whole another conversation. Yeah, I but swear. Like, if it's, like, a male security guard, they'll be like, oh, she just has an ass. But they won't even, like, as soon as a guy has an ass, it's like, oh, it's padding. Hold up. What is he hiding? Yeah, but there's a respectful way to, to do all that because I have one smack me with the wand. Like, I posted about that on Facebook as soon as it happened. I'm like, I'm, I don't get it. Every time I go, I have to be frisk. Is it... It crosses a line. It really does. And, like, yeah, we're laughing about it, and we might be making a little joke, but it's, it's serious because... Sometimes, you know, that's uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable for me to know, like, if I go into a straight club because I have a big butt, that, you know, these security guards are going to feel like, okay, they could grope me because I'm not a woman. Like, that's not, that's no, you not can, okay. You could technically sue a place for that. <sighs> because there's, like, been many instances where a security person, like, no matter where, at the airport, at a club, or... Just wherever they grope somebody, and the person's like, "Hey, no, I'm being sexually assaulted here." Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, it, it's a, it's an awkward position to be put in. So I don't really have advice for that. But if anyone else has advice, you can always DM me or like, um, you can always email. get a mass reduction. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No. Uh, no, I had an ex, my ex fiance actually uh, suggested that, but that's the story for another day. Um, speaking of exes and these boundary issues, like the money part, I've had experience with that. Like I had a whole ex and this, <laughs> this is a little personal, but well, this is all personal, but okay. I had a ex actually live with me. I thought he was down on his luck and you know, COVID had hit. Um, I got the sap story and everything and I'm like, okay, well, you know, stay with me because, you know, I have my own. I got my own two bedroom, two bath apartment. So, you know, I'm doing good. But I'm like, okay, you know, we talk and he's like, okay, okay I'm going to get a good job and everything. And I accepted that and I opened myself up thinking that this person was one way when he was a whole nother way. It wasn't later on into the relationship because I told him, you know, take your time finding a job. I understand it's stressful. It's a stressful time. I mean, COVID just happened when when this situation happened. Uh, basically for a year, this guy took advantage of my um hospitality. Yeah, he crossed a lot of lines, and I was trying to ignore these lines that he was crossing because it's hard to uh, take care of yourself. You're taking care of a grown person. You're coming home, and you see this grown person just sitting there and not doing anything, not contributing. Even when we had conversations about it, and I'm like, you need to help me out because I was working overtime, a lot of overtime, and I was getting stressed out, and I was just getting worn out from the whole situation. 
because I realized because I go to therapy and I'm talking to my therapist and like she's telling me like you're too open and you're not respecting yourself you're not listening to your inner self that's telling you like this is not okay you're not okay you're saying you're okay but you you're not because I didn't I wanted to help him so bad that I was willing to like cross every boundary that I had and every red flag I was ignoring and to the point where it just like sunk me into a deep depression because I wasn't speaking out and then when I finally did speak out, it, it really was too late because the relationship had just crumbled. Yeah, I remember that time period and you were telling me about your situation while it was happening. And I, I tried to give you some advice on it, but at the same time, there's no, nothing really helping that situation. It's just either he has to go or you're just going to slowly deteriorate. And I was slowly deteriorating. I really was because I wasn't being respectful of the boundaries that were being crossed. And I wasn't saying like, hey... Like you're, you know, you're taking too much of my money. You're taking too much of my time. You're playing with my emotions. Now, one thing I'm going to say that our relationship never got into the physical element of him crossing my boundaries, but definitely with the money, the emotions was just, it was, it was a lot. And I have to like, look at that because I really was ignoring those signs and those feelings is trying to suppress it and like hoping things were going to get better. So one thing that I want you guys to take away from um, these stories are listen to yourself, um, be respectful to your own boundaries and be vocal about them. You have to tell people like, you know, you're crossing a line. I'm not comfortable with this. Don't just think about the other person and be like, okay, well, I, I can spare my feelings because it, it will eat you up. And this is a very important topic. This is not like anything light. I really want you guys to take that away from this segment. Because the more that they, they can take, the more they will take. And right. it's just going to be a never-ending cycle of you're going to be in a situation that you're not going to be fond of over this one person's emotions that honestly shouldn't matter. You should be caring about your own emotions. You should. Boundaries are important and they're not talked about enough. So just remember, everybody, that it's okay to have your boundaries. Your boundaries are there to protect you, guide you in ways. And listen to yourself. Don't ignore what you're feeling and let people walk all over you because at the end of the day, you're not going to hurt the other person. You're going to hurt yourself and you're going to be in a bad position because I mean, I was, well, still am, but. I had to go to therapy and talk to my therapist about this. Like, I spent so many sessions talking about this. And she kept saying the same thing over and over. Like, your boundaries, you're too open with them. You're too open. And there is a such thing as being too open. It's the difference between helping and then someone just taking full advantage of you, of you and crossing lines. Yeah, exactly. Because once that line is crossed, I think they can just always take more. Mm -hmm. You just can't allow that to happen. You have to just sometimes just say... No, I don't like this, and I don't like how you're treating me. And get comfortable with saying no, too. This year, I've gotten really comfortable with the word no. Because I used to take things and, and feel so bad. Be like, oh, if I say no, then who's going to do this or who's going to help this person out? But now I'll tell you no quickly. Nope, I can't do it. No, I don't want to do it. And I don't have to make a no elaborate lie. I don't want to do it. And it's okay. It's okay to be a little selfish. It's okay because my boundaries are telling me, mm-mm. And even, if, you know, I'm, I'm helping you out and I got to talk to you and say what I need to say to make me feel better. Then that's what's going to be. Because, I mean, just too many years I've spent personally just holding things back and not being able to say no. And now I, I see it's, it's really power with that, with saying no, 
when no, you're crossing the line. It, it's so much power with just those little words. Like you, you really don't know until you are using those consistently. Yeah, mainly because saying no just means you have the power just to uh, stop it immediately. And if they continue while you say no, just ditch that person entirely because they really, truly don't care about you. That ain't nothing but facts. Because you're usually a caring and open person, and I know you from experience, and you would probably help anybody out if they're like in a bind. But that just opened up the gateway for so many, let's just call them what they are, dickheads and bums to come in <laughs> right users <laughs> pretty much and i i didn't want to see you go through that either well thank god um you know i made it and i'm out of it and i have a better scope on these whole boundaries and i'm not you know letting people just come in and use me because you know year ago it would have been you know two years ago actually yeah it would have been a whole different story <laughs> yeah but i'm just really glad you're at finally realizing the word no Right. So everybody repeat after me and say, no. <laughs> Fine, I'll go. Right. <laughs> this next segment is called What's Going On? It's basically we're covering everything from news, media, any outlet whatsoever that we can find possibly entertaining or just news related. And right now we're going to share one of our pieces. Okay, so this story, I originally got it from the Neighborhood Talk, and I got more information from um, CNN.com. It's about a 17-year-old boy who committed suicide because he was being extorted, and they call it a sextation. So, basically, he was talking to someone on Instagram, and he was sending private pictures of himself. His name is Ryan, by the way. So, Ryan gets a message and basically the person was asking him for five thousand dollars and he's 17 so you know really where do you have five thousand dollars at 17 he tried to uh, talk to the person and told them like he doesn't have that kind of money it was too much and he was able to send them 150 dollars well whoever was behind this they didn't stop and they kept on harassing him and eventually this led up to ryan taking his own life and this happened over the weekend that is really damn unfortunate right like 17 and having to take your own life over nude photos of yourself that's my thought exactly like i don't i don't want to downplay it because i don't know his like background his upbringing maybe his family is very religious very conservative but I don't think it's worth taking your life over some nude photos. I mean, it's horrible what happened. And th this brings a bigger conversation that we need to have as a society, especially to the younger generation of, you know, about sending out nude pictures or personal information. Yeah, it really just falls under the category, hey, everybody practically has these parts and nothing's going to be a surprise. But, but weren't they threatening to send it to like his whole entire friends and family? Yes. Yeah, at that point, I would have like at least came clean. Like I'm just taking it from my perspective. If I if I were in his situation or in his shoes, I would have just possibly been like, okay, go ahead and send it. See, would you have been that brave at like 17? At 17, I literally didn't care. Uh, see, I don't have a problem with nudity or sexuality for that matter, but I'm not sure how 17 year old me would have took it. I would have most likely went to my parents about it and tried to get some help that way. I just don't understand, you know, There's how, how he was pressured into thinking this was the only solution. Yes. 
unfortunately like when you're 17 and that young and sometimes like we don't know the younger generation because he, he was probably like born in like mid 2000s with the internet and everything so internet like is pretty much your whole entire life so he probably thought oh, okay this is going to be up on the internet forever i'm never going to be able to li outlive this so he probably just thought that that was his only way out because his life was over at that point like i said when you're from 16 year old and 17 year old and you're thinking you're this is going to be forming a relationship or that you're going to get like some type of service from somebody you're going to initially fall for it but we need to have a better conversation about like your your body and being comfortable and what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, especially in the technology age that we do live in. Because when I was coming up, we didn't do stuff like that. That wasn't even on our um that wasn't even on our minds to take a picture and send it out to somebody. Oh, it was running rapid during my generation though. Back when I was in high school, because there was like news people you like in that school scene where like pretty much like Facebook was a hot thing and also like. Like, uh, Instagram was just coming out at that time. You had people sending nudes, and usually that came with public shaming, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it still does. I mean, look at what they do to the OnlyFan creators. They're scrutinized for, you know, being adults and having their private parts out, even though, you know, we know that's what you're on there for. But people still scrutinize, oh, you're a Harley, you're a whore, you're a slut, you're this, you're that, and... Like, it's time to get past that stuff. That's what I'm, like, basically saying. Like, it shouldn't be that big of a deal when you're a grown adult doing it. But, you know, these kids, they hear it, and it, I guess he, he got scared of, the, of all the scrutiny he was going to probably face for sending out news. Yeah, he was probably going to get, he probably thought he was going to get major backlash from his parents. His friends were going to probably make fun of him or any future girlfriend he wouldn't get because of these nude pictures. That's probably what was going through his mind. He was just like, holy shit, nobody's going to look at me the same. But see, when you're that age, you really, really need to be careful. I should say any age, you need to be careful sending your personal pictures or personal things. You, you really should be careful because you just never know who's on that other side and how they're going to use this information. I was watching a Netflix documentary called Cyber Hell, and it was about this case that happened in Korea where these um, two young men were cyber stalking women and getting them to post new pictures and new videos of themselves. And they were extorting these girls to the point where they were threatening to make them kill themselves. And they were even threatening reporters who were reporting on this case. Yeah, with anything when it comes to internet, you, you cannot be too careful because some people really don't understand. It's like you, you really don't know who's on the other side of the screen. Hell, you, you can even know that person and not truly know that person because I was in a, like, with a relationship with a woman not too long ago and she wanted me to send those type of pictures to her and I wasn't all the way down for it. Well, thankfully, I didn't follow through with it, but... Like, not knowing what she would do with it after I sent them. Because she could have sent that to my family and everything. Just like, okay, look, I've ruined your life. Now, go on. I've sent pictures out, you know, to guys that I'm dealing with or whatever. But, I mean, that that's a, that's a risk. But, you know, I'm grown. I'm an adult. I could take accountability for whatever I do. And I'm not ashamed to say, hey, I've taken some pictures of myself. Whatever. But being a younger person, I just, just be careful. Even being older and like clicking links that from people you don't know, and this is how the um, people in the um, Cyber Hell documentary, this is how they were getting the information. They were sending them a link, and then they were 
getting all the pictures and all their data and then where they were from pretty this much, one link. Pretty much sending them a uh, virus, like a Trojan horse almost. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, no matter what, that is just a bad situation to be in because as soon as somebody has access to, like, all your data, all your files, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. And, I mean, you're either going to, in these situations, you're going to sink or you're going to swim. Like... There was like plenty of times like when hacks happened and people thought their lives were over, but no, they pretty much fought for it. And, yeah, I mean, and unfortunately, you have to fight for it. That's the only choice you're left with in this type of situation where you're, you know, you're exposed. It's, it, I couldn't imagine it being fun or, you know, you being happy that your most private moments are being exploited. But I'd be damned if I let someone bully me into killing myself or making me feel like my life is over because I did have a one instance um, where someone somehow got into my uh, Gmail and they sent me an email threatening me from my email. It was really weird. And I'm like, well, you're not going to get no money from me, so tough luck. I guess you're going to be sending out pictures or whatever you think you got, but none never became a bad. Yeah, thankfully. Because most of these people just threaten and don't follow through. That's what they were saying in the documentary. There was like, if you engage with them and you start, you know, going back and forth, that's when it happens. But unfortunately, what um, happened to Ryan, they actually did send the explicit picture to one of his friends. And his friend called his parents. And yeah, th that's how they found their son. This happened, just to let you guys know, this happened in the span of seven hours. Um, he said goodnight to his parents and they said everything was fine. And next thing they know, they get that call and they went to go check on their son and his son was gone. Yeah, like anything with that, you, like no matter how close you have your eye on somebody, even if they're acting normal, you never know what they're going to plan to do. Right, right. And I just wish he had someone he felt like he could have like reached out to and talked to at least you know just to have that support system just go like hey man everything is going to be fine right that's like really all you need just go like hey this is just only a little bit of your life sure you're probably going to get some scrutiny out of it but you're gonna you still have like many years ahead of you right if he only you know really understood that but like i said in the beginning like we don't know what his home life is his friends he could have been really religious and that could have just drove him to the point of like oh my god you know i was doing this and now this is happening but i really do wish he would have like reached out to somebody and if you're ever feeling like you know Life is too hard or you're going through anything similar to this you can always reach out to the national suicide prevention lifeline at 800-273-8255 they have counselors and people who can help you out you are not alone hell if you want you can even like email to listen up and we we will direct you into the position you are because there's never nothing worth taking your life nothing and it, it's just going to cause more pain to the people around you right i feel bad for his parents because they they truly didn't know what was up no and i bet you it, it just made them feel guilty and then the um cyber hell documentary the detectives had to go to one of the um victims home because they were threatening to um make the girl kill herself and they had to reassure the girl because you know korea korean culture is very conservative so stuff like that doesn't like it's it's hard to go through things like that but they had to you know reassure the girl she's going to be okay and explain to her parents like it's not her fault and if you are being you know exploited it's not your fault. It honestly isn't. It's if it's just falling on one dickhead or one asshole or one particular bum that has to rely on information or any type of slander to get ahead in life. 
Because the majority of the time, they're just asking for money. They're not doing it out of spite. They just want to see how much they can take from you. And once you give them that amount, guess what? It's not good enough. They still got the photos. Right. And that's what happened in these cases. They were getting these girls the right slave. All kinds of stuff. Even carving themselves with, you know, messages for for these forms. No. Like, that, that that's taking it a little bit too far. Like, like... It, with Korean culture, I cannot really speak behind that because I really don't know that much about Korean culture. But I feel like, and in the other situation, if like this was happening here, I would have been just like do whatever you want with them. Yeah, because we're you know we're at that age. We're 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 at the age where we probably would view something like this happening as like you know what it's it's out here. There ain't nothing I'm, I'm gonna do but own up to it. And 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 I thought about it like, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm talking to somebody or whatever and I'm sending out like pictures, I've thought about that. That that could potentially happen. And I know it's a risk, but I'm like I said, I'm grown. I understand the risk of me doing that. But like a 17-year-old, like someone young, they're not going to understand all the risk of sending out nudes and videos but they shouldn't be doing that and that's why in the school system needs to do a better job at educating minors they need to educate them better on internet threats such as exploitation scams this could happen if you do this it feels like the school system is still in the past because they're still talking about like regular regular sex ed well they they are stuck in the past like even our laws haven't caught up and then our laws are so screwed up where a minor who is taking, you know, inappropriate pictures of themselves could be charged with possession of child pornography. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand it. Stand it. It just seems really weird, and it seems like we just need to do better when it comes to education, uh, online etiquettes, what to do and what not to do. Because I, I swear, it seems like when I was younger and the internet was becoming a thing, like it was more. They were. Tell, talking to us more about it like safety and not, don't talk to strangers and don't give out your personal information but now it just seems like everyone's just like oh well we, you know you could be anonymous on uh the internet so everything is okay you let your like two-year-olds and six-year-olds have whole tablets and play roblox and being unsupervised and grown people are on there there was a story well, it was a teenage girl. She was talking to a man through a um, app game, and he ended up convincing her that she should run off with him. And he actually got her, and then he was, you know, he was he messed with her. Pretty much molesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. We put it in layman's terms. He got a hold of her and did sexual assault. But. That was because she wasn't being monitored. Her parents had no idea until the detectives like backtracked everything. But it's through these apps and these games, you know, Xbox Live, PlayStation, all of it. Like you have to be aware of what your children are doing. You cannot be blind to technology and what's going on and how it's progressed because things like this can happen to anybody in any family. So just be aware, be vigilant, set those um, child uh, sensors if you need to. I get like when my nephew, he has his own laptop, I get a progress report on where he's what he's doing, um, what sites he's on. So, you know, I, I, I keep tabs on them. Yeah. And it's just anything with like even if you had like those child protecting measures, 
pay attention like who who they are talking to how they are talking if it doesn't sound like normal kids talking then that's probably a bad sign because you you know the difference between when a kid talks to his group of friends or her group of friends to when they're trying to act you know quote unquote more mature for the internet right and that, I just feel like, like in my generation, they really didn't care because I, I don't remember like any cyber class. I don't remember any anybody coming in just like, hey, no, hey, this is bad. Don't do this. I just remember like one presentation where it's just like, okay, internet bad. Be careful. Well, and that's about it. Well, we had like the whole chat room thing. Like, don't give out your personal information. I mean, it was really straight. You couldn't go on to yahoo or aim and just like typing your number and stuff but we were more vigilant but now like since we live in this multiverse basically people are comfortable they're getting too comfortable they're getting too lax with the kids and things like this i'm, I'm saying things like this are going to happen more and more as these people will find new ways to take advantage of these younger kids who don't know better and they're young and he was young and i feel like if he just had a class or just something so, you know, think about like, okay, I shouldn't do this. I, I heard about this story. Then maybe he'd still be here. He wouldn't, you know, decide to take no news and send them out to someone he didn't know. Because unfortunately, the only way people learn are through other people's mistakes. And I hate to put it out there, but I hope nobody else, that somebody else sees this and goes like, okay, I don't want this happening to me. Me too. Because... Just one suicide is just one too many, in my opinion. Right. I also want to veer off into another news story, if you like. All right, give me one more second. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is at 800-273-8255. If you're feeling suicidal need someone to talk to, please call that number. And once again, if you want, for whatever reason, you could email us at listen up. We're here for you. And don't be afraid to get in contact if you think this, this is the only source where you can get heard. So what did you want to veer off into? I want to veer off into a local Louisville story. Ooh. Oh yeah, apparently a local pediatrician hired a hitman on her ex-husband. Wait a second, really? Really. On her ex? <laughs> on her ex-husband. They were going through a divorce. Oh, wait, so, so, wait, wait a second, were they together? They were still technically together, but their papers were signed. But here's the thing, it's not over him leaving her and her leaving him. They were doing it because of a custody battle. For kids? For kids. Well, for a kid. Oh. Yeah, and it looked like, since she was a pediatrician and she worked a crap ton, it looked like the custody was leaning towards him. Oh, wow. I'm shocked that, you know... The custody is leaning towards him because usually they give the custody to the mom. Yeah, it's usually that case, and it looks like it was not veering towards her at all, or or else she wouldn't have tried to hire a hitman. That is ridiculous. But here's the funny thing. She paid the man to take her husband's life. Guess how much it cost? What, 20 grand? No. She she was hiring a hitman for $7,000. $7,000 to take a man's life. $7,000. I mean, that's that's no joke amount of money, but still, you would think taking a life would be a little bit more expensive. I mean, yeah. That's... <laughs> that is crazy. So, did the hitman end up t- turning her in? Oh, no. The hitman was actually an undercover CIA agent. 
Oh, thank God. Yeah, thank God. Or, like, I can imagine the situation where, like, somebody says, I'm a quote-unquote hitman. I can do any job you want. Just pay up front first. And they just take the money and never do the hit. Not to get imagine no bargain hitman. <laughs> like, all the stories I've read over the years, like, they're paying, like, 20 and up. I know. My thing is, is just, like, why why hire a hitman? Like, why why even have, like, that violence taken out? And now you actually screwed yourself in getting custody of your child because now you're threatening your ex-husband. Well, I mean, you're going to be sitting in the prison cell, so you ain't got to worry about raising no kid. Oh, technically she's on probation. Lying. I ain't lying. She's on probation for right now. How the how did she get on probation? I don't know. She probably pulled like that. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just another person when I when I decided I wanted a him to be dead. <laughs> Sorry. That is insane. That is bonkers. <laughs> She's getting probation. And you got hang on. I know this ain't go off, but you got people sitting in prison for fucking weed and for way less. And she hired a whole hitman. And I don't care if she paid $2, $75, $700, or $7,000. But she gets probation. She gets probation. Oh, that's a bunch of bullshit. I'm sorry. Uh, She should be going in bars right now. Serving at least about a 30-year sentence for attempted murder. And I'm going to say this. If it was a man and he was doing this to a woman, he would be behind bars. Believe it. Behind bars, no custody of his child. He has to pay max child support and work his ass off in prison. And she still got custody of the kid, too? Oh, no. I I believe that's up in the air right now. They're still fighting it. (laughs) You can't make this shit up. I swear to God. You really can't make it up. I swear if the custody goes to her, I'm going to be mad. I'll be like, look, she literally tried to get a man killed there's no if and and but she handed over the money she told him what she he wanted to do people get their kids taken away for way less and yeah. here she is hiring hitman and and walking around free i'm sorry i'm just lost for words because it's just that's nutty that's some bizarre world shit it really is it really is it's that <laughs> Like, you got people, like mm. you said, with minor weed charges, they, they probably even only had just, like, a blunt on them, and they're serving about, like, 10 years. I mean, some cases, some cases. Yeah, they, some cases. But yeah. I'm just sitting there just, like, like there's a lot a lot of people that have done a whole lot less and serving a lot more time. And she really hired a whole hitman, and y'all letting her out. Well, the, you know, if the ex-husband ends up dead or anything, I mean, that's blood on Louisville's hands. I mean, pretty much. I mean, she already proves that she wouldn't care if he died. But see, this is the question. Then what about the kid? I mean, how is the kid supposed to feel losing the parent? I mean, you, usually when it comes to cases like this, the minor doesn't really have a voice. I mean, they should be asking, where do you want to live? Do you, you know, want to be with your mom? Do you want to be with your dad? And she should respect it, especially if it's this... Uh, um, if this is an older child who's able to articulate and communicate what they want. Yeah. Like, I believe, like, possibly the child was more leaning towards staying with the dad because they know the dad's probably going to be there a lot longer. And, you know, somebody that has, like, a, that career of being a pediatrician, you have to work insane hours. So, I bet you she just did that just so she wouldn't have to pay child support and she has the full custody of her kid and he would have to pay out of his pocket. 
I mean, if you kill him, he don't got to pay shit because he'll be dead. Oh, he won't be able to pay shit, but you will get government grants and no, not grants, but loans or government payments because my father died way before I was born and the government was shilling out money for my mother. And it was like 200, not, not, not 200, I'd like to say about like $800 a month. Mm. So no matter what, like if you're a single mother, you're going to get that money, especially if your husband's like dad, uh, dead or in jail. Or only way you're not going to get that money is like if he's a complete bum. Right. There's a lot of those walking around. But yeah, hopefully she goes behind the bars because she, she, that's where she belongs. <laughs> uh, she, she don't belong to the street. She belongs to the cellar. Right. <laughs> that's a mafioso stuff. I, I just wonder what in her mind is like, okay, I, this random guy that I barely know, I am going to charge... I'm going to give him, like, $7,000, and this job better be done right. <laughs> like, wouldn't you think, like, a regular hitman will do the job first and then expect to be paid? I mean, there's a lot of them. If you watch, like, ID Channel or Lifetime or anything like that, there's a lot of them who get paid up front, but not that low of a price. Because I was thinking if, like, some random woman, let's just say, gave me, like, five grand to kill somebody, I'll I'll take that five grand. I'll go straight to the police, keep the five grand, and your ass goes to jail. No, I think they, they're they going to be like, we need the money as evidence. Sorry, you didn't get the five thousand. Oh, <laughs> no, that's some bullshit. I, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to get some money out of this. Money for turning somebody like, in. They're like, thank you, sir. We're going to need you to testify, and we're going to need that money. Well, then never mind. Them. Don't, come up with me. Don't come up to me and ask for a hit, man. Jeez. And you better take the money and go to Mexico. <laughs> take the money and never return. Just go, yeah, sure, he'll be dead by tomorrow morning. Right. Tomorrow morning rolls around, he's still in your bed like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird, the world we're living in where people can literally get away with that shit. I mean, look at the story I was just talking about. Exactly. It's a, it's a, everyone just be careful out there, seriously. You, you have to get to know people and this is what it boils down to. But even if you're married, you never know how that person is going to turn once you know things go sour yeah especially because i remember that like that brought back a memory of like a true crime investigation that happened where they set up an actual you know investigation scene or crime scene for a woman hiring another hitman to kill her husband or uh, her husband so, so she can have like all the money in his account and you know all his house and everything i think i know exactly what you're talking yeah. about like they did a whole bogus hit on him and then mm -hmm. they would show her pictures and she was fake crying and everything yeah she was fake crying crocodile tears but as soon as she got onto like the scene she was like show me the body yeah 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 that's the same one i watched yeah that's like that's crazy my, I, I would never forget the look on her face when her husband, that was supposed to be dead, just came strolling up in the room. Honey, please forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, no, you want to be dead. I don't want to be like five. Yeah, he divorced her. Yeah, I remember that because he, he was worth millions of dollars. That man was worth money. Like, all you had to do was just put up with his ass. Uh, don't advertise gold digging here. Uh. Like I said, if they're into it, then go for you it. You know what? We we here at Listen Up are not here for you gold diggers. I mean, we here for you get a bag, but not gold dig. <laughs> yeah, I, I still don't understand. Well, she had her own business. That was the whole thing. Really? She, she has. Yeah, she had like a gym business or something like that. Then why was she even? Well, she wasn't money? in love with him. So she had she had a thing on the side. 
So then what you do is you just get a divorce. I mean, but, yeah, it's sad to do. No, but she wasn't. She wasn't here. It, the whole thing was, from my memory, she was there just for the money. But she had her thing on the side, and I guess he was pressuring her to leave, and she figured, you know, why not get rid of him, and then I can have my uh, side piece plus the money. Oh, yeah. Then that's one way of doing it, and that's also one that's way of running way of doing it, because if you with somebody, someone should be helping you. They should be like, you could leave, we could build this together. But I, I don't think she would have got anything if uh, they would have divorced. I think because the way he had his will and everything set up. It would... Probably it was something her, like 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 that. Probably made her sign a prenup. I mean, right. Be careful out there, and like, be careful in your relationship. Be careful online sending anything inappropriate or you know in adult XX category. Just be careful, and be careful clicking on links too. And also be careful of like people posing as your friends on Facebook or any type of social media because that's how they get you as well. Right. No, you. This is a sidebar. <laughs> so, recently, my Facebook was hacked. And they didn't steal any personal information. They didn't uh, spam my account or anything. But the weird part was they locked my account. And um, they had it, they have it set to where I need some kind of uh, verification that I can only get through the uh, Facebook app. But I can't get back on to my uh, Facebook. So... Yeah, I don't know how it was hacked. It was hacked when I went to the Jazz Jackson concert, and I had to start a whole new one. Like, it, it really is a sucky situation, but I'm just grateful none of my information was hacked. And, another sidebar. <laughs> did did I tell you when um, we were looking for an Airbnb for New York that it was a whole fake? Yeah, it was a whole fake-ass scam. Yeah, you told me about that. They wanted money up front and everything. They wanted, like... They had they got like your driver's license or your license. They got my ID. They got your they got ID. my ID. But what I did was I froze all my um, credit information. Um, if anyone does anything with it, I'm gonna be alerted, so I'm gonna be okay. They didn't get any kind of money or anything. But what they did, just be aware, they set up a whole fraudulent site that looked like Airbnb. And they were asking me for my um, banking information so I could pay for the Airbnb, but. It, it, it just looked sketchy. My profile was on there. Just be aware of that type of stuff. If you don't see your profile picture on there, and yeah, it's like an Airbnb site, you really need to like pay attention because it could be a whole thing where they're just getting your account information and trying to clean you out. But no, I'm, I wasn't dumb enough to uh, put my um, information. But I didn't see. The problem was I didn't think of it. I didn't think it was anything at first when they asked for the ID. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be saying these people houses. And one time me and my little brother did an Airbnb. I mean, they did that, so I didn't, like, find it funny. Yeah, like, it, it's just weird because it's not really weird. It's just p people being scums. But we looked at that. We thought that was, like, really nice for the price. And we should have really looked at it just like, okay, in Manhattan... That's a little bit too fair for price for a nicer place. Well, now that we've been to Manhattan, now we really know. Yeah. It just took, unfortunately, that one experience to know. I know, and I had to freeze everything. I mean, everything is frozen. I can't get a credit card. I can't do anything. But neither can they. Yeah, as long as they can't get your coins, you're good. Uh, right, or use my identification to do other things. Yeah, like to set up another credit card, uh, credit card and have another credit line set up. At, nope, nope, I was ahead of it. But be careful out there, guys. But 
be, be extremely careful and also if a site looks just a little bit off don't put your information in there like because i know like people have set up like fake bank uh ips for the internet and the logo will just be just a tiny bit off like like let's just say you have pnc or u.s bank and the lettering is a little bit spaced out more that's just another sign of a scam because you have to just recognize what's you know the regular interface of the uh, website is this is a full circle moment because we're talking about this and this is stuff that needs to be taught in classes especially to the younger generation and i know the older generation as well they need to be versed on this because this is things that you should look out for and be aware that's happening and not click on every link that you see mom <laughs> <laughs> Grandmother. <laughs> she gonna kill me. <laughs> Mine's gonna kill me, but I also <laughs> nagged the hell out of her not to. But no, she has to have the link to the new recipe. Oh my gosh. No, my mother's furniture. She's like furniture shopping and she's like, Oh, I'm just gonna see you decide and I'm looking like mom, I've never seen this site in my life. Like, no, I'm not worried. <laughs> oh my grandmother, like, okay, I tell her, go on to Amazon. Just go on Amazon. That's that's, that's what I that's, say. That's a reputable place, and like whenever like you go onto these weird sites on Facebook, they they just hound you for like this one product. I remember my grandmother bought something off of a shady ass website, and it's kind of like a, like a wish almost, but a lot worse. It's mm. like a fashion thing, and she bought this one sweater for thirty eight dollars, and that shit did not even come. And I was just in there just like, okay, what did I tell you not to do? I told you not to buy it. <sighs> I had experience like that with Pop in a Box because I collect Funko Pops. And I ordered a Pride Batman that never came. And even after I harassed them, it never came. So, yeah, just just be careful. That's, that's all I can say on this. Just be careful on the internet and just know that there are people out there who are trying to get your information, trying to trick you, and things could go left really quickly. And like I said, that's a process that's harder hell to get all your information back. Like, just canceling everything and having everything frozen is just already painful enough. Mm-hmm. And then you had to wait for that long period of time to either get your money back, get reimbursed for that money, or possibly it might not even come at all. And it's always a risk. Always one risk and always one reward. Well, right. never a reward, but the, your reward is knowing not to do that again. So guys, it's your favorite segment. The go off segment. This is where we go off on anything that we want. So... <laughs> This is my go-off. Now, when you're working with someone or a group project, when you have to rely on other people to get a job done, you need to be doing a good job whether you like the job or not. This is I've had experiences where I'm supposed to be working with someone and they want to half-ass do the job because they don't care. And they let you know, oh, I don't care. Well, how the hell is it fair to me as someone who wants to do a good job? And I take pride into what I do, whether it's um, work-related, whether it's personal. I take great pride in putting together something great and doing the best job that I can do. What I can't stand is when someone is clearly not giving a fuck and they're half-assed doing it and I feel like everything is on me. So if you feel like you don't want to do something, either don't do it or get a better fucking attitude about doing it because, you know, it has to get done. 
especially if we're working together and I'm having to depend on you. Don't half-ass do a job and then turn around and look and see why I have an attitude. I have an attitude because you're affecting my ability to work and you're playing with my money, you're playing with my time when you do that. This is going to tie into the boundary thing. You need to be respectful of my time, my emotions, my feelings, just like I need to be respectful of your time, your emotions, and your feelings. Don't half-ass do shit. There is no quicker way to piss me off than to sit there and do a half-ass job. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of you who agree with me. Like, you need to be on it. Because maybe you don't care, but I care. Maybe I'm trying to do the best job that I can do. But because you want to half-ass it, you know, it looks like we're both, you're pulling me down. Especially, like, when you're a part of a team and that a certain team member doesn't pull anything through because I have that same experience when it comes to college projects. Yeah, and they don't even have any credit to it whatsoever. It's just like, okay, I showed up, and that's the only thing I'm going to do. Oh, by the way, here's one paragraph. I can't stand that. I can't either. And especially like when it comes to like a working environment, because I was pretty much in the same working environment, and you had people just lining up, not doing anything, just standing on walls, and just go like, well, I don't give a fuck about this place, so why should I care? But here's the thing, though. You're getting a check. You're still getting paid. You at least have to do the minor amount of work to get things done. Like, I don't care if I hate a place to the bone. They're paying my money, and they are supplying a roof over my head, so I'm at least going to give them a fraction of a care. You should be working. You should be trying because you have to be a team player, especially in certain situations. It's not fair at all to just be like, I don't care. I ain't going to do it. Because, like I said, you're dragging me down, and I'm going to reiterate that you're dragging me down, and I don't like to be dragged down. I always like to rise to the top and rise to the occasion. I hate that shit. I hate it with a passion. Like, if you don't want to do something, just don't do it. I mean, if you got to talk to management, you got to get someone else to do it, figure it out. But don't make it my problem, because then me and you going to have an issue when it continues. I would just like to see like some of these people with these these attitudes try to run their own business. Some of them say they have their own stuff, and I don't see how because the work ethic isn't there. Like I want to see them try to run the business and still have that same attitude. Like I don't care if I make money this week. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Fuck that customer. <laughs> oh gosh, if we could get on that because that rallies that I live next to. I swear to God, like you basically, like you basically need to get out your car or. Go into the restaurant and make your own food the way they act and they're so rude about it Like we me and my um, friend we tried to order some food from there and we pulled off because the service was rude Like ah, what do you want? I want a fucking burger. I want a baconator shit Like so they're just standing there you're like you're not supposed to be here uh, I'm not working today uh, Actually I had went in there uh, after uh, therapy it was like I'm gonna give me a hamburger or whatever and um, I waited along with this lady for about 10 minutes. No one ever came to the window to ask us, did we need anything? They kept servicing everybody who was in the car. How do you make money doing that to people? And how do you cop attitudes when that is literally your job? Yeah, it just seems like customer service as a whole is just going down, though. But it wasn't like that in New York. Oh, no, in New York, everybody was nice, friendly, wanted to help us. But you see... The difference between here and New York is that you could get a job easily here because I met someone when I started my job and they had came in later. They told me that was their fifth job that year. 
Well, yeah, nobody really gives a shit in Kentucky because, or in, like, anywhere in Louisville because jobs are so abundant, especially right now since the pandemic hit and everybody got laid off and still on unemployment. People just don't want to work and or they're just trying to find another but job. Before, but before that, it, it was like that that at that attitude. Yeah, true. But in New York, you, you're going to keep your job. In Michigan, you're going to keep your job because I was like, you have how many jobs? Five jobs in a year? Like, it's hard to get a good job up in Michigan. And just really hold it and, down? Like, lose your job in the matter of uh, two weeks and then go get another good job. That's paying something. With the way rent and everything is up there, it's more expensive. It's cheaper down here. But the attitude down here is crazy. Especially when you're going into stores, or you go into fast food restaurants, or even some of the wait staff, they're rude down here. Oh, I remember going to the gas station, and I'm just hearing, like, oh, I need another job. It's like, really? Really? You're still working here, and you don't, you just looked at your, the manager's like right next to you, and you just said, I'm still looking for another job. While you're still working there. They don't care. They don't care. And it's something about, like, now it, it, it's reference. Like, people really don't care about customer service and doing a good job. And it is this nasty attitude. Well, I'll just get go down the street and get another job. I don't give a fuck. And management needs to do better at these jobs and getting rid of those people because it takes one bad apple to spoil the bunch. I mean, pretty much. But even though, like, I worked at some places where... They didn't even care about those types of people. They just let those people just exist in their own little monotonous state. And no matter how many times you tell them, they still say, oh, they're a good worker. <sighs> yeah, but, I, I've definitely have experiences with that. It's, it's just like it's just like as a whole, they don't really care. Or it's either that or they're just so damn ignorant and blind, they don't see it. I, I've seen some management completely praise and lazy asshole, and I see other type, other managers completely denounce that asshole. It's just trying to get rid of people. It's hard still. I mean, the labor laws don't make it easy, and I understand that, but I mean, if there's an expectation that's not being met, then that needs to be addressed, and I'm firmly for that. Especially, like, especially if that person just mouths off all day or just goes off and you don't see them for hours on end. Because I had that happen to me once as well, like, when I was working, and one person, and I, and I told management this, because it became a problem. Usually I don't care. It became a problem because this person was gone for hours. I'm not talking about one hour. I'm not talking about two hours. I'm talking about four whole hours. I found that person when I was on lunch, at like the dead end of my hour of my shift. I went out for lunch, and that motherfucker was just sleeping in his car. I took a photo of it. I was like, this dude has been gone from this area for four hours, and I need this person to help me. And I showed it to that manager at the time, and he was just like, eh, nothing I can do about it. That's nutty. That's really nutty, because there's always something that could be done. There could be conversations had. There could be moving the person if you don't want the position. And that's a lot of problems that I see when I go to the stores, and you know, you're asking a cashier for something or someone who's walking the floor, and then they cock an attitude with you. I don't understand that shit. Like, and also, you you have the people that blatantly run from you from like Walmart or any major retailer. It's just like as soon as you want assistance, like as soon as they see you look into their eyes, they just bolt around the corner. 
Oh, don't you love when it's like you're bothering them? Oh, yeah. It's just like, oh, I guess I'll help you. <laughs> like, oh, I was about to go on break. I'm like, so? I don't give a fuck. Now, when I worked at Joanne Fabrics, like, customer service was like a big thing. We couldn't be rude to the customers. Even if I didn't know something, I was, you know, I'd be like, I'll help you. Uh, uh, got on the radio, asked someone, you know, do you know where the quilting needles are? You know, it, it, it wasn't hard, but... People just act stupid and just want to be a jackass. And you know, my good customer service, actually, a couple of times, I could have been hired by other companies. Like, for one specifically, when I worked at Land's End for Sears, <laughs> this is a while ago, um, a manager for uh, Macy's actually wanted me to come work for her. Because she said she liked my um, personality. She liked the customer service I was putting out. So you never know who's looking at you. You never do know. Even like with my current job, customer service is one of those major things. Because I, I, I talk to suppliers. Like my job is like generally like logistics. Just general logistics. And I have to talk to these whole ass companies. And I have to be respectful and polite. Well, you should be in general. Anyone who's doing, you know, providing a service, they should be nice. And they should be knowledgeable and they should do the best that they can with the customer service aspects but yeah there's been times like where i had been cussed out and i still had to have that can-do attitude like i had literally people yelling out on me over the phone just like you motherfucker how about you shut the fuck up and i'm just sitting there like have a nice day Oh, God. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> Hang up the phone, just go like, I wish you would try to kick my ass, buddy. <laughs> just try. I mean, I, I, I feel you, because there was a couple times at Joanne Fabrics. I'd be like, if I was not at work and I could come behind this counter, I actually had a man, <laughs> I actually had an Indian man accuse me of being racist. This is the most dumbest shit in the world. But basically, we had to check everybody's ID who was using a credit card. Long story short, I had a Caucasian lady come, and she was using cash, took the cash, whatever. Asked the Indian guy, like, hey, like, I need to see your ID. This is the company's policy. He started screaming and yelling at me, saying that I think he's poor because he's, he's dressed really nicely, by the way. And he said, because I'm dressing this, but I got more money than you. That was the day I remember I snapped, and I had a cool manager I was really cool with. And she actually pushed me out of the uh, box, as we called it. She pushes me out, and uh, she handled the customer. But I was so mad because I'm like, this is... You shouldn't talk to people like that. Like, Especially when, you know, they're being nice and I explained the policy, you know, to the customer. Like, no matter what, like, even then, like, even if you're trying to be nice and polite, you're still going to have, like, that one dickhead that just assumes. Just assumes that you're thinking, oh, this person is asking me for my ID for my credit card because he thinks I'm poor. It wasn't even the case. We in an arbor. Like, these people are dressed nicely 95% of the time. If you're living in an arbor... You're most likely not poor, especially in the um, area I was in. You're you're not poor, so I didn't even think that. I didn't understand. He was talking about racism. I told him, I said, I'm a black man. Don't ever try to talk about racism to me, because I'm sorry. I had a customer slide me a KFC coupon, tell me you could have a snack afterwards. Oh Lord, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a fucked up situation on its own. Like. Like, cause you just walked up to you, soon just like, okay, he's black, he likes KFC. Okay, another segment. Apparently, this one dude changed, quote unquote, cha had plastic surgery and changed his race to Korean. You know, I got thoughts and opinions on that. <laughs> oh, and I do too. 
Like, well, hold up. Well, how, how are you going to change race? How are you going to change your whole entire ethnicity? Like, how could you do that? Because to me, that's not possible because you have to have, like, somebody's, you know, whole entire race and, like, you don't have anybody in that background. You don't have that heritage. You don't have, like, any tradition passed down to you. But you don't uh, have that experience, that life experience. There's a um, German model who turned herself into a quote-unquote black woman no. And she took pills, and her hair is darker, her skin is darker, and everything. But it's like you're not black. You don't have the black or African experience, so you can't call yourself black. You just have the desire. Like you, I, I see this like more as a fetish because they're fetishizing being another race. Well, that's exactly what they're doing. Like you're, you like we have a saying: everybody want to be black until it's time to be black. Until you have to deal with black people problems. Correct. And it, I'm pretty sure it goes the same with the Koreans. Because the Koreans have their own problems too. Well, if you want to get into this, I feel the same way about people who get obsessive about Japanese culture. Oh my god. The weeaboos. Yeah. That actually made me stop liking um, anime for a while. Oh yeah. Because it got tiring off. of, you know, I go through all these forums and all these groups and these people think they know about japan and it's only things you've seen off of a cartoon and you think you're learning japanese from a cartoon and i'm not saying that you can't learn some things from a, a cartoon but you're not learning the culture you don't know the people you don't there's a lot you don't know from a cartoon one of our big things is we both do like anime and manga and that type of deal right but when I was in high school, and this was very apparent, I had these group of girls. These group of girls were sitting in the library. All they do is talk about anime and how they want to go to Japan and marry a Japanese husband. And all, all, all they wanted to do was just be Japanese. And they'll just insert, like, they're talking to English, but have, like, certain phrases in Japanese. Like, um, one of the overused things was kawaii. <laughs> like, like, bitch, that, that doesn't even have, like, any context in English whatsoever. If you want to call somebody cute, use cute. Don't use kawaii. You're speaking English. Kawaii, you're not speaking Exxon. <laughs> then they, 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 they use des for everything else at the end of the sentence. With English, it really doesn't fit in. That's just, like, a juncture. They wasn't using chan. Yeah, chan, senpai, kohai, well, see, all that stuff. That's the basic someone who's obsessive with anime and they don't really dig into the culture and learn the terminology or anything other than what they see in these animes or they read in the manga and they carry that on but it becomes you know i'm part korean so i'm part asian and then it becomes offensive yeah. just like when you get uh young white people from the suburbs who think that you know black culture is just rap and it's like it's, it's so much deeper than than just hip hop music. My my favorite thing is seeing those weebs, because that's what they're called. They're just called weebs at this point. Go to Japan and realize there's no subtitles. <laughs> that that's that would be my favorite thing in the world. But they usually never go, and they like to tell you how Japan actually is. And how Japanese people are, yeah, I've experienced that. Like, when I got back from my trip from Japan, I had, like, a few people just go like, oh, the Japanese are like this. I'm like, motherfucker, have you gone on the plane? Have you smelled the Japanese air? Don't even talk to me. Right, I feel that. They're like, oh, everybody loves Americans. No, they could give less of a shit if you're American. 
because I, I was thinking, okay, with all the things and lies people were telling me, they're like, oh, you're American, you're going to be rare. No, I didn't even get one single damn look. That that was the thing in more of the like eighties, nineties. Yeah, eighties would 90s. be like hyped to see a white guy walking down Tokyo. Now that is true on the countryside because I did get a few looks and I did get asked. Oh well, yeah, because they don't get they don't get the same tourism. Yeah, but if it's like in downtown Tokyo, nobody gives a shit. Everybody's just going about their own business because that's where most of the tourists go is Tokyo. Yeah, and they just stay in Tokyo, and <laughs> I saw a guy. Walking around with a anime body pillow. Oh, God. Out in public. And, you know, they have two sides. You, you have the clothes sides and you got the nude side. I did not know that. So, yeah, you have two sides. He bought this at, like, a porn store. And it has two different sides. And he's walking around with it just embracing it. And I'm just in there like, dude, where's the bag? Why do you have to carry that shit around? He's like, this is my wife. <laughs> I'm just in there like, dude, no, it's a pillow. It's a body-ass no. pillow. That's probably going to hump later. We just don't. leave it. <laughs> we don't discriminate against people's wives, whether they're a person or an object. <laughs> Listen. I mean, I'll discriminate. I'll tell you, like, that's just feathers. Oh, my God. But, like this is a whole nother conversation we can have. Yeah, this is a whole nother conversation. But I'm just tired of like people just saying, "Oh yeah, I, I want to be this race." They have no idea what it's but like being that race. I'm telling race. you, like I grew, I grew up, I grew up with, with seeing that with black people, and I'm talking about people want to emulate our culture, the way we talk, the way we dress. But like they said. People want to be black until it's time to be black because, you know... Once actually black issues arise, they're going to get out. They're going to be, oh, I'm white, or I'm Asian, or I'm Latino, and I'm this, and I'm that. I'm not black. That's y'all issues. And that's how it pretty much has been. They want the the black card until shit actually gets hard and they have to participate. You can't get the black card if you're not black. It's like you can't get the Asian card. If you're not Asian, you cannot get the Asian card. I don't care... How many Asian people you sleep with? I don't care how many animes you watch. I don't care how much ramen you eat. I don't care. You're not Asian. You will never have that experience. And I'm only a quarter Korean. I don't have that experience. You know, I call myself black. But, I mean, I'll tell you, like, hey, I'm a quarter Korean, yada, yada, yada. But, yeah, it's just more interesting. I mean, yeah, when people, because people thought I was high all the time in school because <laughs> my eyes slant sometimes. Yeah. Or they hang low and they're like, you're high, you got the good weed. And I'm like, I don't have any weed. Like, this is just my, my eyes. This is just how they naturally look. <laughs> and then you see my mom, it'd be like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I've seen pictures. Yeah, but, but people want to be these races. It's interesting. I mean, you could really like and respect the culture. Like, we like Japanese culture, but we respect the culture, respect yeah. the people. I know I'm not Japanese. I like, know I'm not Chinese. I know I'm not Indian. I'm not going to go out my way and pretend, you know, I'm, I'm this race and I'm not. I don't have that experience. I don't know what it's like to be a Latino. I don't know what it's like to be uh, <laughs> an Indian or European. I don't know what those experiences are like. Or what they go through, you know, on a personal level. So I can't ever be like, well, I'm, I don't know, I'm Irish. Like, I would look fucking crazy. <laughs> if, dude, if you just come up to me and just say, all of a sudden I'm Irish and start, like, wearing green all the time, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to oh walk away. That's a stereotype because they... <laughs> That is such a stereotype. And they have red hair. Yeah, and start river dancing and shit. Well, if you start river dancing around me and you'll say, this is like an Irish flappy, then, <laughs> then, I, then I'm just going to be like, okay, Brian is on something right now. I'm, I need to call his therapist, his mom or something, and get him on the right path. 
But I mean, I see it too much now. We need to stop, stop fetishizing, fetishizing, <laughs> yeah, fetishing the, all these like different races, especially when you have never truly experienced what it's like. And to be you that. will not experience what it's like to be an Asian person if you were not born into an Asian family. You will not experience what it's like to be a black person on the daily. You will not experience any of that if you're not born into that culture. You don't have that history. Now. It, it just bothers me like when actually like foreign people go out like uh, Americans go across the border or anywhere abroad they still bring that mentality with them because that's what that because no matter where you go if you travel outside of the United States you are a pseudo representative of the United States and as soon as somebody sees you like acting a fool or trying you know too much to be like this way when they know you're not this way that is just going to be a bad sign because they're going to think, okay, every American is going to try to be an annoying little dickhead like this person. That's true. Like, when I went to Japan, I, I hardly even spoke the language because I didn't know that much of a language. I studied up for it, but I only used Japanese where it was proper and proper to use it. And I didn't go around buying whole-ass body pillows. <laughs> you can't let that go, can you? No, I can't let that go. Downtown Akihabara. I was trying to get my I was trying to get my nerd thing on. I was trying to buy some figurines, and I I, I just saw this like he he wasn't even like a good-looking dude. He was just like one of those typical neck beards. And my waifu. <laughs> he looked like a foot. <laughs> he looked like a Sasquatch would turn that down. Damn. <laughs> but it's still, it's just like if you go to a different country, at least show that country's respect. Don't try to, you know, assume that they like something or assume this is how they act because that's not how they actually act. Can I, can I give some advice? Mm-hmm. Go for it. See, all you need to do because we have this thing called the internet you can make friends from around the world you can communicate with people from different regions different cultures different backgrounds maybe you know before you travel or before you claim you're another race and you end up looking like a horrible middle-aged soccer mom because you're korean (laughs) um you know talk to some korean people be friends learn the culture i worked around um people from korea in my younger years and it's definitely a different culture it's a different vibe when you're talking to them especially when they're older i remember there was like only one who really would talk to me and say was sunny and you know it's it's not k-pop k-pop is it's korean music but it's not their culture <laughs> it's like, like not it's very catchy music listens to k-pop twice once to be a korean <laughs> I remember when K-pop wasn't even popular, when no one wanted to be Korean. When when people kept telling me, I'm like, I'm like out of all the Asian, I'm gonna pick this. We were gonna pick Korean. Yeah, yeah. Like like generally, like even I remember back when I was younger, Korea wasn't that that popular. K-pop wasn't that popular. Nobody cared about. Korea. I was on K-pop from 2003. I go back with. Yeah, you probably were, you had to actually find your shit to listen uh-huh. to. <laughs> we. Like, Oh, so it's just like K-pop is everywhere. I mean, I'm happy it's everywhere. I'm happy because Korean artists are talented. But, like, I don't like what I'm seeing because it reminds me so much of my childhood with anime and Japanese culture and how, like, it's just... It's not It's not a Halloween costume. No. It's, it's, it's not. It, it's really not. Like, you're going to have an appreciation for a culture and, like, like it, but to try to emulate it, no. 
emulate to a degree where you are degrading the culture and the people and saying that oh I got plastic surgery now now I'm that race now oh because oh. you know, he looks like a fucking soccer mom <laughs> he looks like I drive a minivan I drink low fat vanilla coffees all day like he looks horrible he does not look Korean he's one of those people that <laughs> I like Jason from BT I like Jason like I'm, and I don't I don't care I don't go up for you transracial people. You're fucking weird. I don't care. I mean, it's just weird in general. It's just like, can't you just be happy just appreciating the culture and not trying to take it for yourself? I mean, that's pretty much what they're trying to do. They're trying to take that culture and make it their own. But they're doing it the wrong way. Exactly. That's because you I, will never be Korean. You will never. I want to shake him and be like, you will never be fucking Korean. Like, even my ass will never be Korean. Like, not ever be a full-blooded Asian person. I'll never be Japanese, no matter how much anime I watch and manga I watch and how many body pillows I fucking buy. <laughs> like, like, no matter what, that, that shit ain't changing. Yeah, sure, you could, like, glorify a place, but don't glorify something that you can't live through. Right. <laughs> right. Like, when it's time to be Korean, are you, are you really Korean? When, if... I if, mean, is he even living in Korea? He went there for that horrible surgery. <laughs> but but is he living there? Is he actively living there? No. No, no and I don't understand how he had a K-pop song. What? Yeah, he had, he had a K-pop he got Hold songs. Hold up. You're telling me this man's... You mean this soccer mom? Keep going. This man, essentially, had a whole entire K-pop song written. He had a video and everything. I don't know who's listening in their right mind, but someone's listening to that... Because to me, I'll be like, I wouldn't listen to that go like, oh yeah, this is good Korean music. I'll be just like, who the fuck is this? And he can't sing. He can't. That's the worst part about it. He can't sing. Does he, he even know like, Korean? Uh, not really, from what he said in that uh, video. Not really. How are you going to make a K-pop song? Well, I mean, you could always get someone, okay, this is me putting my uh, artist hat on. You could always get someone to write you a song, and they... With different languages, they can break it down so you can pronunciate the best way. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, that that, ha- that does happen in, in mainstream J-pop and K-pop where they have English? foreign people. Well, they have foreign people in their groups who don't necessarily know the language like that. Hmm. But they break it down for them. But at the same time, it's just like, it's that's just a feature. That's no, like, no. Like, no they have people who are ex- part of the group. Oh. And they will break that down for them. Okay, so it's just pretty well, so much like say, saying, saying whatever they want them to say in Japanese and Kore- Korean. It, it's yeah. just, it's just some bullshit to just be honest. <laughs> you would think if you were going to live over there or anywhere in the world, but we have the same issue here where we have people who don't learn English, but they're not making music though. Yeah, they're not for, making for music. English, for an English market, they're not making English music, but still. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, you're not you're not gonna live in Korea. Sure, you had your surgery. You got you had to learn Korean to that extent where you are actually fluent in it. You, he couldn't even say "Anya Haseo." He couldn't even say say that. Anya Haseo. Anya Haseo. Like I said, I I I, don't, was I never very, studied like, Korean. Like basic stuff, and I was sitting there looking at him like, yeah, huh, mm-hmm, cute. It's like the person that. Says manga instead of manga. Maybe getting that manga over the year. Manga. <laughs> Where you get your manga? Or people are saying like uh, konichiwa, like konichiwa. Konichiwa. Yeah. Just trying to break it all down. 
<laughs> like, I just or or people who bow to <laughs> to the floor. <laughs> Hold on, wait. There's people like I haven't seen that. I haven't seen like a full like fake weeaboo or fake Korean try to fully bow. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kind of want them to hit their heads on something at least. I've seen it. They think that anime thing where they like <laughs> bit down, like when they do the gravel bow. Yeah, yeah. Like get on full on knees and just slam their they head. Think on that the... shit is real. I just be looking like y'all are stupid. I mean, there's technically like a medium bow and a you know yeah. very polite low bow. Yeah. But that's just situation. Like, like when I was in Japan, like usually like the bowing that I would do was just like whenever I receive something like I go to the store and I buy something and they do like a slight head nod just slightly and it's just not even yeah, like a bow and I, and I just return the favor well that's that's what you're supposed to do out of respect but yeah. they take it too far yeah just way too far so this next segment is called what are you listening to and we just go over to what we're listening to on the car or in the daily lives so be right what have you been listening to I've been listening to Keisha Cole lately. You might know her from songs such as Love, Let It Go, Last Night with Diddy, I Should Have Cheated, and Play Your Cards Right. Um, She's been in the blogs lately, and I've always liked Keisha Cole. I'm not like a mega fan or anything, but <clears throat> since she's been in the blogs, like it just made me want to like, listen to her and she came out in around, I want to say, like, 2005. And I could say, like, as time has gone by, like, I've appreciated her music and her voice more. She's one of those, uh, what they would say, new R&B divas. Even though she's been out since, like, 2005. But, you know, diva gets thrown away. <laughs> I mean, thrown around way too loosely. But, yeah, mm-hmm. everyone should check her out. Like, one of my favorite songs is uh, Heaven Sent. And um, of course, love is is like her first breakout hit. So definitely check Keisha out. What you been listening to? I have been listening to a lot of uh, well, actually, somebody that probably not a lot of people know, but I think this guy needs credit where credit is due. His name is Joji. Never heard of him. Exactly. <laughs> but I listen to a lot of weird music. He's a Japanese American artist. Basically, how I can summarize his sound is it's kind of like one of those lo-fi hip-hop beats that you listen to. Okay. So okay. his sound is kind of like that, but he has lyrics over them and he has meaning to them. So his songs are just basically kind of like a really nice, uh, kind of low-vibe type of beats. Gotcha, because my um, friend from Italy, they like to rap over lo-fi. Yeah. But his really doesn't deal with like any type of rap or anything. It's kind of more like of a darker side of pop in a way. But also he has some lighthearted songs as well. Like some of my favorite songs of his is called Run. And also Slow Dancing in the Dark. And there's also TikTok with him. Okay. I have to give him a listen. He's very interesting. Uh, I will tell you for certain that like he's not for everybody. But if you're just looking for a nice, calm, chill person to listen to while you just lay around or whatever or study or just write anything or just want to have a chill moment, just go ahead and give him a listen. And also, this guy was, I'm not sure if anybody would know, but he's the guy behind Filthy Frank, which he was a very famous internet TV celebrity for a while. I never heard either. Nope. Well, if you ever look into Filthy Frank, his comedy was very, very dark. Like, I think we would get into it, but it's very dark and very gritty and very 
let's just say not PC at the time. Gotcha. Well, we'll definitely have to like watch it together. Oh yeah, most certainly. I think you'll get a few laughs out of him because it's nothing like uh nothing like too out of the ordinary, but he goes over the top. Thank you guys for listening to Listen Up with B Rai AK and E to the B. You can find us on Instagram at Listen Up Fan 2022 as well as Facebook at Listen Up Podcast. And thank you all for listening into this podcast. Please join us back next week at the same time and we should have a wonderful show. Bye. Bye. <laughs>